Good after. Uh, good morning. Thanks for coming out to the, the real life stream. Uh, we're going to be uh, today. Uh, it's titled kind of youth violence, um, which is, is a broad term. Uh, really, we kind of we thought it'd be important uh, at, at New Day to address the issues of of exactly that of of youth violence, of knife crime, uh, particularly those that are in the cities. But wherever you are, you see it on the news. That it's obviously in many ways it's an epidemic in the nation. You know, there's there's young people particularly in the summer holidays, uh, being impacted by knife crime on a very regular basis. And it's an important issue that we wanted to give time to just address. But tied in with that, of course, is um, uh, even broader than that, is, which I mentioned on the main stage, is the issue of forgiveness, uh, which is, again, something that we want to address and talk about because some of us may have been impacted directly, but even if it's not youth violence or knife crime, there's much broader things than that as well. And so, um, again, we were keen to address it at New Day, uh, and, and so what I did is I basically invited uh, just, just, just some people that we know who are fantastic when it comes to, to this issue. They run a charity called Operation Forgiveness. And basically what they spend their time doing is, I mean, that explains some, some more, I'm sure, but going into, into schools, into different places, meeting with young people, working with young people uh, to, to look at some of these issues. And I think they're going to really bless us and really serve us. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they're going to come and share. Um, and so... I'm just making sure that they've got their projectors sorted, which I'm sure they are. But uh, before, uh, so, so as they come up, I just want you to give them a rule. They've kind of travelled up from the day just from London to come and be with us and deliver the seminar. And so um, uh, let's give a huge encouragement to Sarah and James as they come and share with us today. Yeah, good morning, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I was up early, left at 7.30 to get here. Anybody from London? Okay, okay. Anybody from South London? Oh, Okay. Anybody from Lewisham? Yeah. Okay. What about Brixton? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm from Peckham. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I am from Peckham. I'm not even from England, but I'm from Peckham. I live in Peckham, but I live in Lewisham. Mum lives in Brixton. Um, that's not really important, but it was a long, it took long to get here. It was a long drive. Um, yeah, very long drive. So I'm tired. All right. So, and I, I, I do have a little accent, all right? Don't, don't watch that. I'm sure you can understand me. I'm going to speak very clearly. I'm going to be speaky-spoky so everybody can understand because I know there's people from the countryside as well. So welcome, welcome, everybody. <laughs> Blessings, everybody. My name is Jason. I don't know what Joe called me. Was, was it Jason? <laughs> I think you might call me something, John or James. But I'm Jason. I'm sure it's right, isn't it? I'm Jason, right? And I'm Sarah. All right. And we, we are Operation Forgiveness. So... I'm going to go all the way over there, you know, and see if that slider thing. Let me go and get that clicker. All right, one, two. Audio check, mic check, sound check, house check, everything done, check already. Sound engineer. Do we know we've got sound on the, on the projector as well? Um, all right, Operation Forgiveness. Let me just introduce myself. My name is Jason. In my part-time, I don't know if you can see the screen. You guys can't see it, can you? So you've got to imaginate it, all right? There's a picture of me and some Star Wars characters because I build props. I build R2-D2. I get to work with people from the films. You lot are too young to know about Star Wars, but... I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> what you know about Star Wars? Yeah. What you know about Star Wars? You don't know about Star Wars. <laughs> so I, I build props and I get to, you know, go to, a, I, I had tickets to the red carpet premiere, you know, and then I, I ended up having a seizure. I was ill and I missed the red carpet, walking in suit. I was going to get my hair cut and I was going to, in my suit and my clocks and everything looking <laughs> nice. I had tickets for the red carpet, walking with the stars and then going down to the barber store, I ended up having a seizure so I didn't make it. So, yeah, say, oh, at least... Oh my days. <laughs> All right, so that's me. So this is a picture of my wife. Um, eh? Oh, it's Chewbacca. Sorry, that's not what Chewbacca is not my wife. This guy is so annoying. I tell you, he gets everywhere. That's my wife. Where is she? That's my Nigerian queen. Any Nigerians in the house? Hey, 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 hey. All right. Any Jamaicans in the house? Oh, okay. All right. So anyway, yeah, my wife is uh, Nigerian. People always often say to me, "Are oh, you married? You married a Jamaican?" Because because of how I speak in my culture. And I said, "No, she did." But anyway, that's my wife. Um, so and yeah, and that's this is my mum. Look, I'm confused now. She's my mum. It's like confusing, isn't it? Like, but she's my mum because she's my wife's mum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simple thing. So yeah, so that's my wife, and these are my children. I don't know if you can't see it. There's a big man on the screen who looks bigger than me, big beard and everything. That's my oldest son. My oldest son is 32 years old. What? What? My oldest son is 32. I'm in my 50s. Yeah, man, that's true. It's true. It's true. So my... (laughs) God's grace. God's grace. 
And from young, we cream our skin, so we're not saying that anymore. Anyway, that's um, my big son. This is my other big son, O.Shayman. Some of you would know who he is, because he does OSM Vision. He, he, he records most of the grime artists and people like that. Um, also, also um, does lyric himself. That's my other son, Kieran. So I've got two Kierans. The one at the bottom, the white one, that's Kieran spelt the correct, in, the correct yeah. Irish way with a C. All right, sorry, Kieran, if you're in the room, if your name is a K. But my other son has got the incorrect English spelling, which is a K. So that's, that's Kieran. And then, is this working now? It's my daughter, Kiel. Um, so we've got 32, 27. Kieran is 18. Kiel is um, 15. And if I knew about this festival, they would be here. I never heard of this. I didn't even know this was going on. So it's wonderful to see this. They would be here, man. Um, and then I've got... Click our work for me, man. That's my little boy, Elliot. Um, Elliot does TV adverts and stuff like that. So you, you might see him. Not that you're going to recognize him, but you might see him. And then my youngest daughter is Araya Dura. She's three years old. So my children, I've got six children ranging from three to 32. Um, so it's a big family. Mm-hmm. Has anybody got more than that? Anyone, anyone got more than five siblings? Just put your hand up. More than five. Okay. Okay. More than six? More than seven? <laughs> ah, you're winning, you know. We're not, we're not going <laughs> further. You're winning. Well, how about you, mom? Yeah, I have eight. Eight, eight children. So mom, has, mom, mom is the mom of eight. Um, so let me see if this is working again. So, who is this in the picture, Mum? That's me and my little boy, Zach. So, Zach, Zach is the youngest of eight. Um, hold, hold up the mic, Mum, so they can hear you. So, the youngest of eight is Zach. Um, and he, uh, those who can see the picture, he looks more interested in the lollipop than mm-hmm. the cameraman. But the light is very bright in here. So, it's just a picture for you guys. It's a picture of Mum and her youngest when he was, when he was very young. So what we're going to do now, if the sound, we pray the sound is working, there's Zach again, we're going to show you a very quick family video, just so you can get to know Zach a little bit more, and get to know the family a bit more. Is that okay with you guys? If I'm alright, yeah? So we need the sound, as we would say, buck the sound, thank you. Will it work? And if you can't see, feel free to move, you know, so you can see the screen. If you have a little peek and go back to your chair, it's fine. Alright, we just fix up the sound. Um... This sort of thing happens, you know what I mean? And it's not a big deal. So we're, we're going to carry on and we're going to tell you more about ourselves. Um, we are Operation Forgiveness. So along with my wife and, and mum, we go into, started off going into prisons. Um, and then, then schools, like pupil referral units, things like that. And then we realized we need, to, we need to really go younger. So we started going into primary schools as well. And we, we probably do more primary school than anything now. And we share our story. Um, and I'm going to let mum tell you the story. So I think, mum, I think we allowed the video. Uh, they're, going, they're going through the slides now. No sound. All right, don't worry. Don't worry. If you just go back to one of the ones with the logo on. So do you want to sit down, mum? Just be comfortable, all right? I'm going to ask you to listen respectfully. Um, I'll just give mum time. She's going to explain the story of why we do what we do, all right? You have to hold up the mic. Right, Topsa. Oh, hi, everyone. Um, it's really nice to be here to see many young people you know, having fun with this um, beautiful uh, wind, um, weather. Um, the story is a shame you can't see the, um, the video. Um, my youngest son, um, Zach, was 15. Um, and um, in 2010, we were trying to send him to America. And... Um, on the 1st of July, 2010, he was chosen to speak at a youth violence um, um, a conference against youth violence, where police, everyone dealing with youth violence um, attended. And then, so she's, he, he went there and he spoke. And um, after the conference, they called the house and told us that he performed very well at the conference. He spoke in front of many people, boldly, and um, we should congratulate him. And um, after the school, he called me. He said, Mom, I want to talk to you. Um, When I come back home, um, book my ticket for America. I know what I want to do now. So when he came home that night, after dinner, we were in my room, and we spoke, and he said, he, he had everything planned. He said, I'll go to America for a year, and I'll come back to do my A-level. And um, as, because of my performance yesterday, 
and um, they promised to give me a job to work with the young people at my school while I'm doing my high level. So, and he was so, he was full of hope. You know, the, the school he wanted to go to for a level. And yeah, he said, yeah, after finishing, I will, I will come back and I will do my A level. And that day, he was very happy and he said, Mom, can I sleep on your, on your bed? I think we, we must have finished to, speaking about 11, 11.30. He said, can I, speak, can I sleep on your bed? Your bed is more comfortable than mine. And I said, okay. And he slept on my bed. I slept on the sofa bed. And in the morning, he got up and he went to have a shower. And um, he came back from, he, he must have looked inside the room. I was back on the bed then. He looked inside the room and noticed he was wearing the boxer shorts he had the night before. I said, you just had a shower and you are wearing the boxer shorts you had yesterday. I said, <laughs> and I said, there is a clean one in the drawers for you. And he said, save, save, mom. He came in, he took it and changed. And um, he went to school. As he was changing in front of the mirror, I'm coming, he said, I grabbed him from the back and I kissed him. And he said, what's that for, mom? I said, for yesterday, well done. They, your school called us and asked us to congratulate you. And um, he left for school about 8 to get to school for 8.30. And um, I think about something after 9, um, my house phone rang, and I picked her up. It was a teacher from the school. And she said, I should sit down. And she said, there's been an incident in the school. She said, Zach has been stabbed. And I screamed. And um, my youngest daughter just came back from uni. She was in her room. She heard me scream. And she came down. She said, what happened? And I told her. And we ran out of the house that day without even telling the others in the house. I, c I can't tell you how I got to the school that day. And um, when we got there from the street, the, the road has been cordoned off, and there are police cars everywhere. There are police everywhere. There was an ambulance. There were um, ambulance, and um, I went in. I went through the cordon, and I said a police officer came to meet us, and um, I said, "Can I see my son?" And he said, "No, I can't see him." He put us in his van, and he drove us to the hospital. And uh, when we got there, we were asked to sit in a little room. <laughs> and um, I said, I can't sit down. I want to see my son. And um, the nurse said, um, I can't see him because he has been, he, he's been treated. And I said, I want to see him. I want to be where he's been treated. And she went. She came back. And she said, OK, I can take you to him because he's been out for 45 minutes in case he comes around, he might be in a vegetative state. So I said, yes, I want to, I want to go and be with him. And um, they took us to where he was being treated, but we couldn't see his face. His chest was wide open, and they were still holding his heart, still trying to, to revive him. And I said, where is my son? And um, the nurse said, that is Zach. And I remember my daughter said, no, that's not my brother. And I passed out. And they picked me up, they put me on the trolley, and they pushed me next to him. And um, I think about five minutes after, it, they, they called the time, he was pronounced dead. And after that, it was, it was hard. And I'm not going to lie to you, it was hard. It was the only the Lord that actually held us, our family together. We prayed, and the, the police worked really hard. They found the, the boys who did it. They've, they've stolen a car two weeks before, and five of them drove to the school on that day. And they saw him. He, he came in early. He came to school early. He must have left with a friend to go to shop. And they were coming back, and they chased them. And my son ran into a, a, an elderly couple's um, back garden. And they, they caught him there. They stabbed him. They stabbed him four times. One in the buttocks, twice in the chest, 
piercing into his heart and one on his neck. And um, there were police investigation after that. Five boys were arrested and they were between the age of 14 and 18. And we had a court um, a trial. First two weeks was cancelled because they found more evidence. And then we had another six weeks trial. And the four of the boys were given life sentences. And one of them was given 12 years. And that's my story. The That is how my, my baby boy, whom I held, kissed on the 2nd of July, didn't come back home with me. Thanks, Mom. So fa thank you for sitting respectfully and, and listening. Now, I know none of you expected to hear that this morning, you know what I mean? And that is that's traumatic. It's traumatic to hear that. Um, what I'm, what I'm going to say, if, if, if any of you ever need to walk out any time to get a little space and come back in, you can do that. But you need to come back in because the story did not end with his death. We haven't come here to, to just share the ripples of trauma with you. We've come here for much more than that, all right? So, we're gonna, so you, need to, you need to be in for the whole session, all right? I um, just want to talk about the, the ripple effects quickly. Quite often, when you, when, you have, when you have a problem with somebody, you're just thinking about that person. And you just want to get that person and hurt that person. You don't think about the ripple effects of who else is affected. Um, so I'm going to give you an opportunity. Who, who else do you think was affected by Zach's death? Just put, just put your hand up and you can call it out or something. Who do you think was affected? That's well done, man. Yeah, the family of the boys. That's, that's five boys. Gone away. They, they, their families wailed and cried and screamed in the court when their boys got sentenced. Yeah. Go ahead. Say again. Yeah, the family, school. One of the first people on the scene was a school teacher. Can you, can you imagine how that infected, uh, affected his life? So go ahead. His friends. Some of his friends had to move away, and, and, and a lot of them had to get counselling. Some of them just couldn't take it no more. They had to come out the area and move somewhere else. Go ahead. Nice and loud. Come a bit deaf. All the people that cared. Yeah, all the people that cared. And you know that includes like the shopkeeper. There's a shop that he, he would be like, oh, where is he? You know what I mean? There's people that he saw all the time regularly. Um, Zach was very small, very small for his age. And he made up with it with a personality. And everybody knew him. Like, everybody knew who he was. You know what I mean? He had a big personality. Whether he was in church, because he, he, he was a member of church, you know. He was a member of church. And if you're a Christian today, that makes him your family. Do you, do you understand? If you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit living with you. And anybody that's a Christian including me, we, we share the same spirit. We're closer than blood relative. So it's your family. Who else was affected? Who else did these ripple effects go out to? This? The elderly couple. Now, the elderly couple, now think about this. When you get to a certain age, you plan to retire, and that's your life. You know, you get your house, and, and you're done. Pretty up your garden, and, and you're there. They, they sold their house and moved. They sold their house and moved. They changed their life. Change their life. Can any, anybody else? Who else would be affected by these ripples these, these of, of, Zach's, of the murder of Zach? Anybody else? That's all right, so I can give you over the back. Yeah, the police. And let me tell you something. Some, sometimes people don't, people handle trauma in different ways. So someone, someone might turn to, to alcohol, someone, people turn to different things to try and deal with their trauma. This affected so many lives. Go ahead. Yeah, and that was a room full of like, like social workers, police, all sorts. They've all heard him speak. They're saying, look, congratulate him. And then next minute they're hearing what's happened. Like, whoa, whoa, go ahead. Doctors, man, imagine that. Imagine the trauma. Like, you're, 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 you've studied, you've done all you've done to save lives and help lives. And a child comes in. A child comes in and, and you can't save and you've got to tell the parents. So, go ahead. Do what? Yeah, people in the area, witnesses, just people in, in the community. So it affected the whole community. I'm just scaring. No one's got their hand up immediately. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, so not just the community, it, the ripples, these negative ripples from his death have gone out. You all know what a ripple is, right? You throw a stone in and the ripples pulsate out and out. It's affected so many people and it's affected you today. You've just sat there today and heard my mum tell you about the loss of her youngest of eight. Her best friend, her baby. And you've just heard that. That trauma has now affected you and it's okay to cry. It's okay to, to be emotional when you hear things like that. It's, tra- it's trauma. It's traumatic. And these negative ripples have gone out and they've pulsated out. And as a family, it came to the point where we had to say, well, nah, this, 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 this has to stop. The negative ripples have to stop. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna share a bit more about that. Um, we normally spend a whole day delivering this. So we're going to put this in 50 minutes, probably less than that, all right? So I'm going to have to look at my paper every now and then, because I'm in a normal way there, so I'm going to have to look at it, all right? So just bear with me. Um, yeah. Does, it, does anybody have a, a burning question about what you've heard or want to say something? Does anybody want to say anything? Or, don't worry about nobody else in here today. Just imagine it's just you, me, and mum. Anybody got anything they want to say? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we've got one at the back. Sorry, we'll come back to you. Go ahead. Do we know why they did it? No. And they don't know why. They, they were saying they didn't know him. They did know it. They were from one area and they had beef with another area. And he was a, very, he was a personality and they knew him from the area. And it was, they chased him and another boy. And if the other, they both ran in the opposite direction. If the other boy had run in that direction, it would have been him. So, sorry, what was you going to say? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna share that. Is that right? If I pause you, we're going to share that. Mum's going to speak again and share, share that. Not at all. Now, in the court, so during the court case, and we, we're going to share a bit more about this, they were laughing and joking and signaling up to their friends. All their friends and family were in the, in the dock, so everybody was laughing and joking, and, and they thought they were going to get away with it until the sentences were passed, and then it was just, it was just grief. It was crying and grief. and We're not allowed to say for legal reasons. We, 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 can't, say the, we can't say the area, unfortunately. But these are, all, these are all good questions. Go ahead. Big up yourself, man. Big up yourself. Yeah, you just said that I think your mum's very strong for sharing, and, and um, thank you for that because she is. I have to hold back the tears every time we do this. Regular, it's what we do for a job. It's our full-time job. We shared it. We share the story over and over and over. I have to stop crying every single time. And let me t- I've seen a lot of terrible things in my life. I was a, I was a bad man back in my young days. You won't believe it now, would you? I'm so posh. But back in my old days, I've seen a lot of really bad things. And, and, and I cry. like Being a Christian, you cry all the time. <laughs> and I have to hold the tears back because I've got to teach. But it, it, it is okay to cry. It is okay to feel emotional. It's okay for those feelings. As I said, the story didn't stop. These negative ripples pulsating from his death didn't stop. Um, they, they've, they've affected so many people in such terrible ways. And I'm going to let mum, you're right, to carry on with the, the story. The story didn't stop. And I'll just tell you, we, we are Christians. Mum was a Christian at the time. And, and we believe in the Bible. In the Bible, in Romans 8, 28, does anyone know what it says? I know you know. Come on, people. Go on. Amen. Who's a youth pastor? Give that girl a star, stick up at her name in lights. Yes, man. All things work together for the good, for those who love God and for those who are called according to, to him. So let, let me ask this question. What good can come from Zach not being here? He didn't meet my little children. What good can come from him not being here? Is God a liar? Is, is God a liar? No, God cannot lie. So all good must come. So what good can come? And that, we hope that today we can show you what good, how those negative ripples are turned into positives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the hope we have. If you're a Christian today, you have a hope that actually you're going to see people, you know what I mean, and live for eternity. It's a hope that we have. And it's a hope that we live and we hold on to. And you're going to hear how that affected mum's journey. When you're ready, mum. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, when the boys were arrested and we went to court and um, I saw them laughing, they signaling to their friend, they kissing their teeth, they just, they, they just don't take it seriously. My, I can see my son's um, bloody shirt um, on display, the knife that killed him was there. And they're just laughing. They're no, they're not just um, taking it seriously. And um, every day in the courtroom, 
when I see those boys smiling, I couldn't hate them. I struggled to hate them. Each day I, I saw what they're doing and I couldn't hate them. I felt sorry for them. In a way, I felt like if I, have to, if I am a neighbor next door to them, maybe I would have made a difference in their life. I felt so guilty, and I knew that for me, five, six boys in my, in my community went the day they killed my son. My son is not coming back again, and I know when, if those boys were sentenced, whatever years they, they, they gave them wouldn't bring my son back, and it would mean that their life might not be the same again as well. They might be like dead man walking the street, and they might come back to do the same. And I struggled so hard to, to hate them. And that, that killed me inside because my son is he, my youngest, but he was my friend. He, he, he was someone who would look out of the window. If I'm five minutes late from work, he's waiting. He loves his hot meal for dinner. And if I'm not home, he will be calling me, Mommy, when are you going to get home? He's always there. And when I'm sick, we lost his dad a few years before. And uh, he will sit down by my bedside and he'll be crying. I don't want to lose another parent. He's that type of boy. And I, I take him everywhere. Everywhere I go, he comes with me. And for that to happen and for me to see these boys and not being able to heal them, it, it was a struggle. But as the week, week one, week two, and by week three, I'm thinking, what is going on? I'll go home every day and I'll pray about it. And I'll pray and I'll come back to, to court the next day and still the same. I couldn't eat them. And um, one day I was in, in the house. I prayed. And it was like someone wake me and just say, you know, shook me and, and, and refer me to, to what Christ did. And I thought, I remember that, why am I struggling to hate these people? I was a sinner saved by the, 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 the purest blood of Christ. And I'm, I'm struggling to hate this, these people. He, he has saved me, and he is able to save those boys as well. And I felt so bad, and I felt like, how have I been struggling? Christ came, voluntarily given his life. He died, he rose up the, 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 the third day, and I know his resurrection means that I'm going to see Zach again. And I can tell you, the, the day I, I remember that, that I have to forgive as I have been forgiven. I felt the peace of the Lord when I got to court. I felt peace. I saw those young people. I feel like, you know, talking to them, trying to see what I can do to help them, to, be, to do what my son couldn't do. They've stopped my son from being what he, 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 he was created to, to be. But I know the Lord knows. He's all-knowing. He's a father above all father. And I know he knows why he is. Zach, even with the hope he had the day, the, the, the day before, even on the day he was so bold, he was so, he, he was fresh. He, he looked neat, he looked, you know, clean, going to school that day. And for that to have happened, and remember standing next to his body, and I was saying, Jesus, what, why? Why is this, is, this has happened? But I know there was a reason. And for me to have not been able to hate those boys in court, it, there is a reason. And um, I just thought, yes, I have to forgive them. God, forgive me, Lord, because you gave your life to save me, to save the whole world. And these boys are included. And... Um, and I, I couldn't even tell my, my children. I was afraid because I can see they're still, everyone is still crying. It's hot everywhere. And I'm hurting as well. It's not that I, I, I don't cry. I'm still crying. But I couldn't hate those boys. And I said, I've forgiven them. I told them. I said, I couldn't hate this boy. 
I felt sorry for them. Even there was a day I wanted to go and visit one of their mom because their parents didn't like that, 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 that someone said there. Their, their family, their victim as well. There are some things that we do that we never think of the ripple, how it goes. And we put ourselves, our family, as a victim as well. And I knew their victim. And I felt, when I heard the story of the, of the struggle in the household, I felt like going to, re to meet the mom. But it was not by my strength. It was the strength that Christ, you know, that me having my faith in Christ Jesus, that he has sustained me. And I can tell you, if I haven't forgiven those boys, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I will be dead or... I will be mentally, mentally ill. And I, I praise the Lord that, you know, I know, I know the Lord and my faith sa has saved me. Because I will tell you about my daughter, who is not able to come here today. She didn't want to forgive. She believed that she, she needs to, to, to revenge. She needs something to be done to the boys. For for few for few years she was really struggling, until she realized she she, she uh, she's got a, a a daughter that that girl who was 15 years old uh, on the that you saw there she was four years old, and one day she came to hold her um, give her hug her mom, and her mom couldn't re couldn't respond, she didn't feel anything, until then she thought. It's the, it's the heart, you know, that I'm carrying around that is affecting my relationship. And that affect, the relationship was bad. She doesn't want to know. It's like she hated me for saying that I forgave the, the boys as well. Until she come to that. And she knew that she's, she's, she's cold. That she decided to forgive the boys. And we, I can tell you today that we've forgiven the boys. We've written them in prison to tell them that they've been forgiven. It's not by our strength. It's because our faith in Christ Jesus. And we know Jesus did the law. He gave his life for us voluntarily. And we are sinners. We've been saved by the grace of his kindness to give his life for us. And I can tell you we've forgiven the boys. If I see any one of them, I will work with them. I will want to help them to do things that will benefit my, my, my community. Because for me, six boys in my community who could f pay my, 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 my pension are gone. If care is not taken, those boys will not come out the same. So... That is my story. That is our story. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, w I want you to see. I'm gonna unpack what forgiveness means, right? But I want you to see the um, difference in journeys. Mum's journey was that it, during the court case, there's no remorse, no one saying sorry, but during the court case, with the strength of God, she was able to forgive these boys that that murdered her her baby, her youngest boy, her best friend. And she was able to forgive them. And that, that was by the power of God, she was able to do that. My wife's journey, as, as you just heard, was very different. And she was like, nah. She'd just become a Christian and, and, uh, at that time. And she was like, nah, I know, I know we're supposed to forgive, right? We all know that, innit? If you're a Christian, you know we're forgiven, so we're supposed to forgive. But not for something so big. God would not expect me to forgive them for killing my brother. That's too big. And, and, and she decided not to. It was a, it was a decision. I'm not, I ain't forgiving them. Do you know what I mean? And, and as, as mum had already just told you, time went on and then she, she, she had no feelings. She had no feelings. She'd become cold, um, bitter, angry, and she had no feelings. And it's when, when Keo hugged her and she felt nothing, it was the trigger point for her to realize, wow, this, this, this unforgiveness has changed me. This unforgiveness is, has set me on a different direction. Um, and she needed to let go, and she started her journey. So mum's was immediate, and Teo's was a journey to forgive. And that's how forgiveness can be for us. As a Christian, we, we have to be to that position to be like, yeah, I, I, I desire to forgive. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're able to do that immediately, 
but it has to be a desire to because we are forgiven. So there is a desire, you know, I, I want to forgive that person. So let, let, let's, uh, let's understand what this means. To forgive someone doesn't mean that there's no consequence. It doesn't mean there's not a consequence for the actions. There has to be. They had to go to prison. They had to get life in prison. That's the consequence for the action. There has to be a consequence. Forgiveness is not dependent on them being sorry. It's got nothing to do with the person. Forgiveness is you letting go of all the negativity, all of the bad mind, all of the, all the anger, all, all, all that. It's letting go of all, the, all, the, all of that stuff because it's that that changes you, that that affects your heart. Trauma can affect you like that. When you go through traumatic experience, you can become colder and colder and colder where you don't care about nothing, you don't care about yourself. And, and you can do wicked things because your heart will wax cold. And this is what unforgiveness does to you. In the schools, when we do this in prime, I'm going to show you what we do. I do this in prisons as well as primary school, right? So you lot are not too old or big for this. But I'm going to ask for two volunteers who can, who can blow up a balloon. Don't, don't put up your hands so fast, Sinaka. I don't want a liar. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. You need to know you can blow a balloon up because I can't blow balloons up at all. All right? So we're not trying to... If you know you can blow a balloon up, just put it... You're sure about this? Yeah? All right. So I'm going to pick two people. Yeah, you can come. You can come. And you can come because your hand went up first time. All right? Now, we're not just going to blow the balloon up. This is, a, this is just an example. You can stretch it out a little bit. I just can't do this. Put your hand up if you can't blow balloons up. Honesty, honesty. All right, honesty, honesty. Love it. I can't do it. It hurt my cheeks and everything. What I want you guys to do, if, you, if, you, if one of you go over there by the projector so everyone can see you, and you, you sort of stay where you are. That's cool. Yeah, man, that's cool. Um, I want you guys to, to shout out. I'm going to ask you, like, how, how do you feel when someone hurts you, if they violate you, or how do you feel? And they're going to shout stuff out, and each thing I want you to blow in that balloon, all right? So how do you feel when someone hurts you, if someone's done something, they've taken a liberty in your life, they've, they've violated you, they've hurt you, how do you feel? Shout out to me. We are cop, man, shout, come on. Don't shy, shout. How do you feel? Anger. anger, let's blow anger into the balloon. Just anger, anger. How else do you feel? Hatred, you've got hatred. Let's blow hatred into the balloon. You two can blow it for real, all right. How else do you feel? Annoyed, annoyed. So you're frustrated, frustration. Let's blow some of that in there. What about the other person, man? They're carrying on like everything's cool in their life. And they've taken that. What they've done to you is, is, is a, a violation. And they're carrying on that. What, what about them? How do you feel? Upset, Upset rage. Just keep blowing these things. What about vengeance? You're going to get them back for what they've done? I know. I, I, that's how I'll be feeling. I want to get them. Keep blowing the balloon, man. Blow it into the balloon. How else do you feel? I'm telling you, they've, they've totally violated. They've, what they've done is, is, is terrible. What they've done. How do you feel? Disappointed, you're disappointed, not just in them, but in everything. Keep blowing, keep blowing. Let down, let down. Somebody else over there, shout out. Disrespect, they disrespect you. Let's blow that into the balloon. All right, these guys are blowing very slowly, so let me just stop you. What will happen if you keep blowing, all this, all, all, taking all this negativity? It's going to burst. And that's like us. If we carry unforgiveness, if we carry all the negative stuff, all of this bad mind, all of these feelings, all this anger and all this vengeance, eventually someone will come and do the wrong thing, touch a button and you're gone, you'll blow up on them. You'll explode. Do you understand what I'm saying? Has anyone been like that? Where you've got all this stuff inside you and someone didn't even deserve it, but they got, they got it. Because you end up shining at them. Any parents will know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll explode. It's all the anger, it's all the, all the unforgiveness that's inside us. So what should we do? What should we do with all of this negativity in the balloon? Let it go, friend. There, man. Let it go. 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 <laughs> we have to let it go. Thank you, guys. You were brilliant. Give them a clap. Give them a clap. Go ahead. Take a seat. Well done. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is like us. We 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 carry all the negative feelings. This is what happened to my wife to the point that her heart wax cold, where she couldn't even feel love to her child, and the, the realization that if I raise my children without loving them, they could become the sort of people that could take lives. Jesus, in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about forgive um, so that you will be forgiven. That, that is not talking about salvation. It cannot be because that's a done, dusted deal. But let me, do, let me, let me, let me just focus on that, on, on that salvation for a minute. When, when, when Jesus went to the cross, when he paid the price for our sins, it's not that when we've forgiven our sins, just dissolved. Because as a Christian, I thought that for years, I thought well, I've been forgiven. I've done some wicked things, man. But it's just been blotted out. It's gone. And it's true, it is blotted out, but there was consequence. Jesus paid the consequence. He paid the consequence for sin. And th this is the gospel. And this is the reality. There is consequence and there, there has to be a consequence. Sometimes there doesn't need to be. If it's a little thing, you can forgive and forget. If someone brushes you as they pass you, you, you can have that forgiving attitude. But no, it's cool. And just keep it moving. You understand? That, that's forgiveness. 
And, and, and particularly as Christians, but for all people, we have to learn to live with forgiving attitudes. Because unforgiveness will change the direction of your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. And, and, and to a negative way, self-destruction. So forgiveness is so important. Forgiveness is not dependent on the other person. Mum said it's like a poisonous snake that bites you, and then you run around trying to kill the snake while the poison's killing you. What you should have done is take out the poison. Remove the poison from your life. Now, if I told you where a million pound was, you, you'd all take notes, innit? You'd write it down, would you? You'd write it down. If I told you, look, I'm going to give you a map to a million pounds, you'd write it down. You'd know exactly, like, you pay full attention. You'd write it down, tap it onto your phone or whatever. What I'm sharing with you today is worth more than a million pounds. And I'm going to prove it to you. It's worth more than a million pounds because it can change the trajectory of your life. It can change the direction of your life. If I said to you, I'm going to transfer a million pounds into your bank account, Today, you can do whatever you want with it. How would you feel? Be honest, man. Call out to me. You'd be surprised, happy. How are you, you going to feel? £100 tax-free, you know. You can do anything you want with it. You can spend it on what you want. How are you going to feel? Speechless. Speechless. You guys got to talk to me, yo. You're not in school, you know. You can just call out. Don't worry about that, man. This money just come and it gone into your bank and, and you're nice. How do you feel? feel good in it what if i said to you all right yeah that's cool i'm gonna give you the million pound into your bank right do whatever you want with it but that's your last day on earth you're not gonna wake up tomorrow you still want the million pound what about 10 million i'm gonna give you 10 million pound tax-free do anything you want with it and, and 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 that's your last day you don't want it so what does that say to you your day every day you wake up is worth more than a million pound it's worth more than 10 million pound Every day you wake up, if you can get that mentality in your head, then you can, you can be purposeful with your life when you wake up in the mornings. And what we're showing you, if you can learn to have a forgiving attitude at your age, I didn't learn until I was in my 40s. If you can learn that from now, it can change your life. When I was about 30, my mom left when I was young, right? So I, I stopped calling her mom, stopped calling her Sue. And I'd call her Sue, and I'd, not this mom, my, my Barrett mother. And I'd call her Sue, and I, I, was, I was very disrespectful to her. And she was a Christian. I didn't like this Christian nonsense. I didn't like this with their Jessus. I didn't like it at all. And I'd go and see her, and very rarely. But I just wasn't, wasn't yeah, I wasn't friends with her. She'd left me. And, and, and to a very bad, so I was homeless at 16, sleeping in graveyard. You know what I mean? My life was very colorful. But my mom had left. And then I became a Christian. I can't even tell you my testimony. We don't have time for that. But I became a Christian, and then... She was one of the first people I went to. I said, yo. And I called her mom. I said, yo, mom. And we're cool now. Because we're both Christians. So, yeah, it's all cool. And everything's cool. I still didn't know her address. And I'd see her very rarely and occasionally. But we're cool. It's my mom now. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was three years ago. Um, she ran, and this was years ago. It's like 20 years ago. Three years ago, she rang me. And she was a little bit tearful on the phone. She said, I, I just want you to know that I had to leave. And I, and, and I didn't mean to hurt you. And as she's saying to me, I, I will up. I start crying. She's crying. And... and and I realized I had all this unforgiveness in me and all this anger and bitterness. And, 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 and I realized, and I was able to say, Mom, I, f- I forgive you. I forgive you for leaving. And, and, and my mom died in November. But I was able to have that, that peace with her before. You understand? I was able to forgive. So sometimes we carry unforgiveness. We don't even realize that we're carrying it. And it's good to come before the Lord and say, Lord, show me, show me. Am I carrying bitterness? Am I carrying anger and resentment and, and, and all these negative things? Because I don't want them in my life. They're changing the course of my life. And they've got no business in my life. And I need to get them out. I've rearranged things. But we're going to talk, talk a little bit more about, um, about knife crime in a minute. right? But I, I want to do something with you. I want you to take an opportunity to, to consider forgiveness. Do you, do you guys understand the difference with God forgiving us? There's a consequence. And Jesus, Jesus paid that consequence. But our sin, our, which is sin is rebellion against God. It's, it, it's turning away and trying to be our own king of our own life. Not letting him be king and ruler. Him sitting what is right and wrong. We want to do it all ourselves and set our own standards. That's what's happening in the world right now. Setting our own standards, what is permissible and what is not. And that's rebellion. That's what we call sin. Rebellion against, against God. Doing our own thing. There's a consequence for that and that is separation from God forever. That is a st- there, there's a consequence. Jesus came and paid the penalty so we don't face the consequence for those of us that believe in him. Does anyone believe in Jesus in this room? If you put your faith in Jesus, if Jesus is king of your, king of your life, if he truly is lord of your life, is he, he's lord of all or not lord at all. He's either, either the king of your life or he's not. If he's the king of your life and you serve him 
and, 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 and your steps are ordered by him, then you know that, that when, you, when you die, you, you, you live forever. We're gonna, we, we've got eternity. Eternity, you know. Forever and ever. The consequence was paid. Now, for us, we are told to, have a, to live. In Matthew 6, it, 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 we have the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer isn't literally something to recite, although we do, and that's cool. It, it, it's a model of prayer. It's a model of how to do things. And it goes on to talk about um, forgiveness. Forgive so that you'll be forgiven. This, this is a, the Christian life. This is how we're supposed to live our life. Um, and, and I'm rubbish at it because someone cut me up in the road. I'm telling them off. But I'm not like I used to be because I will follow them to the yard. I'm not like that no more. So it's a progress. You understand? We all have different levels and different progresses. But we are to have a forgiving attitude. I want to give you a moment. Right? I wanna, what I want to ask you to do, big people like you, are going to ask you to close your eyes. They don't have a problem in prison doing this. I know you ain't, you ain't got a problem. Big grown-up people. So, so we're going to close our eyes. And we're doing this for privacy, all right? We're closing our eyes for privacy. So I don't want nobody to peek. We just close our eyes. I want you to think about your life. Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? And you may be able to forgive them right now. This might be a change in your life. Or it might be a case that you start that journey. And you're like, Lord, I want to forgive them, but I don't know how. I don't know if I can for what they've done. Now, now, this does not mean anyone's allowed to hurt you. Nobody is allowed to hurt you. If someone is hurting you, you've got to tell an adult. Tell one of the adults here. You've got to tell someone. No one is allowed to abuse or anything like that. You must tell somebody, all right? And if someone's a thief and they rob, steal from you and you forgive them, don't mean you're going to trust them with your silver. You understand? You have to have common sense with these things. They're, it doesn't mean they're going to change. It means you're going to let go of all the anger, all the negativity, all the vengeance, and all the bad mind. If there's someone that you feel like you need to forgive... In your life, just put your hand up and then put it back down again. And this is personally between you and the Lord. You just put your hand up and put it back down. Is there someone you need to forgive? You put your hand up and you put it back down again. Everyone's got their eyes closed, so don't watch nobody else. If you've got, if you've got unforgiveness in your life, if you've got bitterness and anger in your life, it could be an absent parent. It could be that you got moved from one place to another by your parents. It could be someone has, someone has offended you. Someone's told lies on you, spread rumors about you. If you want to forgive and let go of all that anger and all that bitterness, just put your hand up in the air and straight back down again. This is your, 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 your sign, your time. Okay, put your, put your hands down. And every, everybody open up your eyes. Everyone that put their hand up, some of you might have felt, sometimes it's, you, it's awkward, isn't it? I'm not the man, I never, I never, you know when in church you say, turn and tell your neighbor, I don't do none of that. I don't follow no instruction from, from people that I'm, I'm bad like that. So some of you, you may have done that in your heart, and that's cool. But if, you, if, if you're here today and you've heard the story, you've heard mom's story about losing her baby of eight, and how she came to a point of being able to forgive the boys that murdered her son, if you've heard that today, and that's, that, 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 that rocked you and that moved you, that you feel like, well, I need, I need to be able to forgive. I need, to, I need to forgive. I need to forgive because I need to let go of all this anger, all this bad mind. Especially if you're a Christian within the church, there's no place for unforgiveness. You need to work that out. If you put your hand up, that, that, that literally could be the change of your life today. Or it could be the, the changing direction of your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? The trajectory of your life. So that's a big deal. And I say, don't just keep that to yourself. Share that with somebody. Speak to one of the adults. We've got lots of adults in here today with a blue cap and... Yeah, I get the wrong person. No, not me. The blue cap and red cap and yeah, there's a lot of people that you can you, you, you can speak to, um, but it's, it's absolutely vile. So the other thing I want to say to you, if you if, if you, you've all heard the gospel since you've been here, has anyone has anyone not heard the gospel since you've been here? Because I'm gonna talk to the organizer if you if you haven't heard it. <laughs> We've all heard the gospel, right? The gospel the gospel is a very simple thing, you know, is that men. Men were created in, in God's image to, 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 to subdue and rule the earth. And rule the earth by serving one another, by loving. Do you know what I'm saying? But we wanted to do our own thing, so we rebelled. And we said, no, nah, I want to be God. I want to decide what's right and wrong and do my own thing. So we, we rejected God and we did our own thing. And this is sin. And the penalty for sin, the wages of sin is... Shout it out, man. The wages of sin is... Death. That's eternal separation from God. And, and, and the Bible teaches us that God is good. So all good things come from God. That's eternal separation. You want to talk about hellfire or whatever? That, that, it's eternal separation. That's enough for me. Yo, they want to hear about the fire. That's enough for me. I don't want to be separated from all things good. 
Jesus came and Jesus was obedient unto God, unto death. In the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was arrested, before he was killed, which he knew exactly what was going to happen, he, he, he said, no, make, make the cup pass me if it can pass me. I must speak in English, they can't understand me. You understand what I'm saying? Let the cup pass me. And he said that three times. And then he said what? Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was obedient to God the Father unto death and went to the cross and died in our place. So whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If you're here today and you want to put your faith and your trust in Jesus, again, I, 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 want, I want you to just raise up your hand. If you want to, and, and, and to encourage people, just put your hand up. If you want to say, you know what? I, I believe. I know God is real. I know God is real. And I want to put my faith in him. I want, I want God to be king of my life. I don't, want, I, I don't want to be my own king. I want him to be ruler of my life. Just put your hand up. And I want to make sure that the, the, the workers and the adults are recognizing who's got their hands up. Make sure you speak to one of these guys in the blue. I can see two of you, you know. One of the guys in the blue shirt. There's other adults standing around. You can talk to them adults as well. They must be Christian. So go and talk to the guys. There's, there's guys in here. If, 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 you've, if you've done that for the first time today and said, you know what, I, I, want, I, want, I, I do, I want, I want Jesus to be my king, I want God to be my king, then welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. We are family. Because you know what God promises, that his spirit will seal you until the day of redemption. It's not like you've suddenly got to be the, like, the greatest, you know, perfect person immediately. It don't work like that. The Holy Spirit will work with you gently and slowly. I've been a Christian for 20 years, and, and I'm in my 50s, as I said. So I've lived a long life, and, I, and I, was, I, I, was, I was a criminal. I was a gangster. So I've done terrible things, and, and I'm, still, I'm still a little hot-headed sometimes, and, and, and God forgive me. And, 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 and it takes time, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not what I used to be, not at all, but I'm a work in progress. In Galatians, it says your spirit and flesh will, will battle. They will fight against each other until you die. So if you think about inside you, you have your flesh and you have your spirit. Whichever you feed the most, the appetite will grow more and more and more. So if your downtime is always Netflix or always Snapchat or always these, is that's your natural go-to for downtime, that appetite will grow more and more and more and you just want more and more of it and less of God and less of God and less of God. And the only way to change that is to break it, is to be hardcore and say like, nah, I'm, 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 I'm readdressing what I'm feeding. And feed the, the spirit man and let it grow by reading your Bible, fellowshipping. There's so much resources out there now, you know what I mean? Especially for young people, stuff that you, were, you, you can identify with that you think is cool. There's so much done by young people as well. You've got people like Jay Vessel sitting at the back doing, making music. You've got, there's so much, so much. And you need to feed yourself, all right? Does that make sense? You've got to feed yourself. I keep looking at the clock because I know it's a time done, isn't it? First, can we just show some appreciation to Jason and Mum Sarah? It's, it's, it's really not easy to come and, 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 you know, they've been very open, very real, very vulnerable with us. Um, and... It's funny because I knew them coming. There was like loads of different things you could talk on, but I knew them just coming and sharing their story and their journey would be would 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 impact us. And so I want. I, we're going to overrun, but deal with it. Um, I want us to because there's some things that have come out that I don't want us to to, to lose. And so what I actually want us to do is can we all just stand to our feet? Because I want to give an opportunity for the Lord by His Holy Spirit to just help us and minister to us. Because some of you there have indicated uh, bravely that um, you want to forgive someone today. Some of you said, you know what, there's been some things that, and maybe you've been harboring that for a long time, even as, as Jason's been sharing. And so uh, the first thing I'm going to do is give an opportunity. Uh, if, if you use one of those people, I want you just, just, just to raise your hand. And, and, and again, we, why don't we just close our eyes? I want you just to raise your hand. If you think, you know, you know what? I want to forgive someone today. Why? Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And so just, just, just raise your hand nice and high. There'd be lots of us thinking, yeah, there's... And, and what I'm going to ask, if you know someone who's got their hand raised, you're going to pray for them. You're not going to ask them, what is it you want? Who, who are you forgiving? You, you don't need to know. They might want to share with you later. That's up to them. But you're just going to pray. You, you might just lift, lift a hand on the shoulder and just pray, Lord, will you come by your spirit and help them? Mum shared that it wasn't in her own might that she was able to forgive. It was, it, was, it was only through Christ. It was only the Spirit of God. And so I just want to pray for those of you that are carrying um, some, some unforgiveness that you want to just, you know what, I want to forgive that person. Just raise your hand. 
And like I said, if you know the person you're around them, just stick a hand out, put it on the shoulder, put it on their back, and just, just pray, Lord, will you just help them? So you've got to say, Lord, bless them. Spirit of God, will you help them? And I just want to pray, just going to wait for a moment and just allow the Lord to, to by his spirit, come and minister to you and help you on that journey. And so, um, and so I'm just going to pray, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful message of forgiveness that we've heard that is rooted in the fact that we ourselves are forgiven by Jesus Christ. The only way we're able to forgive is because we recognize we've been forgiven. And Lord, I thank you for each young person here who's on that journey. And Lord, I want to pray we help them by your spirit. We've heard so beautifully here today that it's a journey. That it's a journey. For some, they're just beginning out on that. And so I just pray where there's been hurt, where there's been pain and frustration, I pray will you bring healing. And we just, we, we just allow the, the Lord to come now. We say, come Holy Spirit. But I do want to say this. If, if, if you're kind of, as the Lord is ministering to you, my, my encouragement will be, speak with someone about this, please. Whether it's a youth leader back at the camp, whether it's a good friend, just speak with someone. Um, I'm going to give some time for that. But the other thing that I want to do is, those of you that gave, put your, some of you put your hand up to say, for the first time, it's amazing, I invited him, but Jason come down to, to share about forgiveness and youth violence and, and the brothers preached the gospel. I love it and done salvation appeal. Um, if you put your hand up, you just want to say, yeah, for the first time I want to become a Christian. Can you just make your way down to the left hand, just to, this, to my right, to your left hand side of the tent and just stand there because I want to pray with you, give you some literature and things like that. So just walk yourself down there now. You haven't got to be uh, embarrassed or ashamed about that. Just walk yourself down there, stand to the, to the um, just, just make your way down to the front and to this table down here on the left. So just make your way there now. And there'll be some teams who meet you there and help you there as well. So just those of you that raised your hands, just make your way down there. And the rest of us, I just want to continue just to wait on the Holy Spirit. Just continue to wait. And in fact, what I thought I might do is, is for all of us, for those that are still just praying, let's just continue just to wait. I'm going to ask Jason to, to, to just, just to pray for us, if that's all right. Just yeah, to man, kind of pray for us. Definitely. Yeah, and just to reiterate, man, if you, if, if, I, I saw the people that put their hands up, you know, that they, wanted, they want God to be king of their life. They want Jesus to be king of their life. The, the devil will try and stop you immediately. So don't, don't, don't allow that. Be militant, be raggo, come and come to the front. Come to the front and speak to somebody. Because most of the people in here have, have done that at some point. At some point in their lives, they have surrendered all to, to Jesus. They have said, yeah, do you know what? I'm bending the knee. I'm bending the knee to the king of the universe. So don't feel no way. Go forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, King of the universe, creator of all things, Lord, we, we come before you humbly, Lord. We come before you because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus has made it possible for us to come into the Holy of Holies and speak to you, Lord. So we, we don't take that lightly and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that this is holy ground right here today, Lord. Knowing that you are with us, Lord. We are so grateful, Lord. And I pray for the young people in this time. We didn't get to talk about the other stuff on the list about knife crime and how they can stop it. And, but I pray that you would inspire each one in here, Lord. I pray that you would inspire them, Lord, um, to want to, to wanna make changes in this country, Lord. That they could join the government, that someone might even be the mayor of London or wherever, the, the prime minister. I pray that they would aspire to do things that would bring about change in this country. To address the issues in this country. The, 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 the terrible things that are, are you know, sowing into this the knife crime, particularly that we face in London, but all across the country. I, I pray, Lord, I pray that you would inspire them and that you, you would free them up, Lord, from any box that they may feel that they're put in, that they would, they would aspire to big things, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just encourage them today, Lord, to, to know, Lord, that they don't ever want to be a person that carries a knife, knowing what can happen, knowing the ripple effects and, and, and the thought of taking someone's life, even if you hadn't intended to in the first place, the fact that you're carrying a knife. I pray, Lord, that anyone here who does carry a knife on a regular would actually consider these things, Lord, and, and put it down and never carry a knife again. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a reality check that they'd know that, because a lot of people say this for self-defense, that they realize that, 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 that that's a lie and it's, 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 it puts them in more danger, Lord. I pray for a revelation, Lord, for everyone here, that they would know that you, God is good, and our joy is found in the Lord. And I pray that they would realize that and know that for themselves, that they would taste and see. I pray that they would look at others' lives and be like, yo, I want some of that. I want, I want to know the Lord. I want, I, want to, I want to know what Romans 8.28 says. I want to know these things. I pray for hope, Lord. These guys are the future. Um, and, and, and 
I pray, Lord, as as you know, people are going off to do to to uni, people are doing A levels and and all the rest of it. I don't even know what the Kali other exam, but they're doing all of these things, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would um, just be with them, Lord. That they would you would order their steps. That they would surrender their lives, Lord. That they would want to please you with their lives, Lord. And that you would help their decision making in their lives, Lord. So I pray for the young people that are attending this um, this this festival, Lord. Um, I commit them to you. I pray for all the adults that are working, Lord. I pray for peace. I pray for your shalom just to fill this place, Lord. I pray for all of those people that put their hand up to make a decision to, to, to surrender to Jesus. I pray for them as they are today is what we would call saved. I pray that they, they, they would know and their friends would rejoice with them. And, and, and you know what I mean? And they would get hooked in and they would get to, to get established in your word, Lord. That they may grow, Lord. And we give you thanks, Lord. I know my time done a long time, so Lord, I give you thanks, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Um, I pray for my thank you for mum, strength for mum, Lord. Um, mm. Comfort mum, Lord. Be with mum, Lord. I pray that everybody in this room would remember Zach, Lord. Zach, Zach did not die in vain, and his legacy continues, Lord. I pray that they would remember the good that comes. And they would ask their churches to get in touch and get Operation Forgiveness to work with them, Lord. I just pray that as well. I just pray, Lord, that you would, well, all the things that we didn't get to say, you would deal with it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. 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 Amen.